I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us as well at 57500. Wanted to start out the 9 o'clock hour. Probably the most common question, the question that is asked the most, Ton, is how do I get rid of bindweed or the perennial morning glory, whether it's in the flower bed or in the lawn? That's the question I think we get the most often because morning glory is just so hard to get rid of. It is. And it's one that it's native to the Middle East to climates very similar to the arid West. And, you know, we always assume the Middle East is just full of sand dunes and oil, but the countries in the Middle East, the higher elevations have some incredible diversity in what their topography and geography and even the plants that grow. And there's areas of Saudi Arabia and Iran, Iraq that have forests very similar to the Southeast with similar species, the oaks and lindens and just different things like that. Mm-hmm. And the filled bindweed, because of the variation in elevations, you know, not the, the entire Middle East isn't always 120 degrees in the middle of the summer. The point is, is that the bindweed is grows there from low elevations to high elevations, and it does the same here. And so you bring a weed across the world and plant it in a similar climate and it doesn't have any natural predators, and it just runs amok, and that's what's happened. You know, during the Depression, when it really started to gain steam, many people lost their farms to it because they didn't have farm equipment powerful enough to cut through it. And so it's just been one of those things that we've been getting, not an upper hand, but better technology, more scientific study on how to control it, and it's become something that it's more... If you know how to manage your lawn, if you're controlling it in your lawn, that it's more of a chronic problem instead of something that's going to just destroy and overgrow everything. Okay, so how do we tackle it in our lawns? Well, the first thing is to make sure your lawn is healthy because in a very healthy lawn, and I'm not talking over-fertilized, you know, mowed too short and watered too often, but a lawn that is watered once or twice a week and mowed at three inches, you know, these kinds of lawns, bindweed may not even establish the seeds get in 
and they may actually outcompete the runners that come up and not even get established. So it's very important that your lawn be kept healthy because it's usually in an unhealthy lawn where bindweed gets established. There are, and Dave might be able to jump in here, some different herbicides that will really suppress bindweed. And we're one called Quinclorac has done a really good job. Dave has used it. Dave, do you want to jump in and just kind of tell us your results on it? He's walking over from the producer's booth. But uh, I think an herbicide is a very good short-term solution to get your lawn healthier. So here's uh, Dave, the Uber <laughs> board operator and everything else. Okay. Uh, we're going to wait just one second yeah. for Dave. Um, Dave, you could actually uh, put that mic on in your control room, by the way. Um, so Quinclorac, uh, while we're waiting for Dave to come in, what else can we do? Well, mohai, and there's just a standard thing, is keeping your lawn healthy. If you're using other lawn weed killers that don't have quinclorac, that will help knock it back, but it doesn't do as good a job. Okay, so Dave, what have you done with quinclorac? Uh, I use it, and, and Ton talks about this image product uh, fairly frequently, and that's been very successful for me. I have a neighbor that, well, I... I they originally thought that it was a ground cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, oops. <laughs> and they still haven't done anything about it. So I've just, I've just got... Well, it'd be pretty if you didn't take everything over. And <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it creeps in from there. And so I'm constantly fighting it back. And so I it's something I, that I deal with every week during the summer. And the Quinclaric has been much better than even Roundup. Now, fortunately, I have kind of some a barrier there between my lawn and my fans. It was garden area, so I just have to be careful what I plant there now because I need to be able to spray it back. But and it's and it's kind of even gone underneath that and and pokes up in the lawn occasionally now. Whether I'm spraying it in the lawn or spraying it on that that bare dirt, the quinclorac is really good at just knocking it back. And that image product is okay for your lawn; it's not going to kill it. Now, sometimes if it's in that bare dirt, I'll I'll give it a cocktail of Roundup and Image, which it really hates. So, how often are you spraying though? As soon as I see it. I, I know, Ton, you know, you, and you've said this many times that the best time to spray it is in the fall when it's pulling nutrients in, or especially when it's blooming. I just can't even stand to let it get that far. Well, Mike's off. Go me. But the uh, the reason I, the best place, the best time to spray it in general is in the fall because those toxins in the herbicide go down to the roots. But if it's invading a new flower bed, I'm either out there hand pulling it once every three or four weeks, or if there's not much growing there that I'm going to damage, I will mix Roundup with a spreader sticker. And that seems to do a pretty good job. It'll come back, but it won't for 45 days, 60 days. And so that's been my option in the middle of the summer for just sprigs here and there. So I don't let it establish in a new right. area. I mean, it seems to me now, and, and this might be my imagination, I don't have anything to document this with, but when I hit it with Roundup, uh, it seems to come back more quickly than after I've hit it with Quinclorac. And so that's why I kind of prefer that. Yeah, and with the Quinclorac Roundup mix, it could very well be that you get an 80 or 90% kill in your flower beds, even in the middle of the summer. I know on a lawn, I've used it, and I didn't see it popping back up. I sprayed in late April and it was August before it started to come back. And so you must be killing roots two or three feet deep for it to really try to force back up. 
Right. And and I think I'd have much better success if I didn't have a healthy crop on the other side of my fence. I it's for me it's just uh it, it's an ongoing war of attrition. It's never going to end. I'm just going to have to keep hitting it back. And that's how it is. But we do have the technology that at least you can garden. And in larger situations in agriculture, they can reclaim fields enough that they can still grow things, you know, after a fashion and after the proper weight if they've used something like quinclorac. And so at least we're able to fight back a bit. I, I will I will share this story. I, uh, we had a neighbor who... Uh, my daughters were taking care of their their lawn while they were on vacation, and it was just full of bindweed. And I went over there when uh, my daughter was going to mow their grass, and and I just oh this is horrible. And so I sprayed their whole front yard down with image. And as I've driven by and watched, just kind of glancing at it occasionally, instead of seeing a whole front yard full of white blooms, even now, you know, a couple months later. I see a handful instead of a whole yard full. So it was pretty effective in, in not Yeah, back. and if those were hit again this fall, you might have about a 90% control next spring. Yeah, it's it's pretty effective. It, I, I, like I said, I think it's better than, than Roundup, and you can use it on your lawn, which is a huge Throughout place. the entire summer. Right. It, it, temperature is... Is not a factor there. All right. So Ton and other horticulturists from USU Extension have put together a nice fact sheet for us, a nice article on how to uh, control field bindweed. And you will find that now on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We're going to come back with your calls, your questions. David and Phil, you're up next on the line. Number to call, 801-575-8255. You can text us, 57500. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you this morning. Taking your calls at 801-575-8255 and your text questions at 57500. Phil has been waiting patiently in Lehigh. Good morning, Phil. What was your question? Phil, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead. What was your question? I have a windbreak of Lombardi poplars, and every now and then I have a sprout that comes up that I want to transplant. But I'm wondering, is that sprout also a Lombardi poplar, or is it something else that's been grafted? It should be a Lombardi poplar. Um, I, if When you bought the tree, did you see a knot at the base of the tree, almost like a swelling? Where the graft union would have been. I don't recall them. They're only about, you know, like 12 inches uh, tall when I purchased them from a a nursery, but I don't remember seeing any knots, and that's why I was wondering if they were true Lombardi poplars or not. What you could do is wait for, say, mid-February to mid-March, and then just go out and find some one-year-old growth, which would be be on the tips of the branches, and then put those into water, or something like vermiculite, and keep the vermiculite wet, but not. But you need some drainage holes. And I'll bet if you put four or five in there, that almost every one of them would root. You could put those into potting soil, and then a few months later, 
if you just, you know, put them into a pot big enough for them to root into that you would have some new trees on their own root it, that were Lombardies. If they're not Lombardi, what else would they possibly be? Well, the root base, I, they should be Lombardi, you know, from the root to the top. The small chance that they're grafted, um, if it could be anything. But I doubt that they would do that because they're so common to throw up those root suckers that it would grow into something more like a regular cottonwood instead of a, a Lombardi poplar. And if, it'll, if they are Lombardi, am I... Right and thinking, I have about what fifteen twenty years of life out of those. If you water them well, you can get more. If you deep water them once a week to a depth of twenty four inches, you know eighteen to twenty four inches, they'll last for forty or fifty years. It's just that we get into letting them just survive on lawn water, and that's when you get the fifteen or twenty years out of them. Okay, thank you. All right, Phil. Thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Tom says they have a potentilla, potentilla plant that looks pretty sad because of spider mites. They've treated it both systemically and with a soak insecticide and topical spray during the summer. They say it looks pretty sad. Should they just throw it out? They say it's been pretty healthy in the past. They could um, because the spider mites will overwinter on the potentilla. Ugh. They could try doing a delayed dormant spray at the same time you spray fruit trees next year mm-hmm. to see if they could reduce the numbers and do that a couple of times and that might wipe them out then another more extreme option would be to cut that potentilla down to three inches above the ground and let it regenerate and start spraying the new growth they would want to throw away the old branches but that would reduce the population of spider mites okay so maybe not give up on it quite yet if it's been a help yeah don't plant. give up on it yet uh, next person has two fig trees planted, uh, planted as seedlings last year. They're about two to three feet now. Should they cover them for the winter after the leaves come off? They really should. Um, I would get, there's a couple of options, and the easiest one is to get almost like an inverted basket, uh, like an old wicker bushel basket, put it over the top, and then fill it you know, shoving, it's a little hard, but you want to fill that basket with leaves and stuff around the uh, fig trees. <clears throat> and with them only being less than a year old, I'd like to get those roots more established. And so to protect the top, they can do that. They can wrap, you know, the trunk. They could cut some of the branches back and then put the figs inside of a pipe insulation. They look like the pool noodles, mm-hmm. but it's pipe mm-hmm. insulation. And then maybe tape around that a little bit and still put leaves and things around the base. But if they can protect those trees for another year, I think the roots will become established enough that, you know, whatever protection they provide, that even if they have to come back from roots, they should get some sort of a crop. Now, the other thing they could try doing as the trees get older, there's a couple options, is to sever the roots on one side of the tree and tip the tree over and cover it with leaves and some sort of a tarp and then put the tree back up. They'll, they repair so quickly that that it oftentimes sounds terrifying. will save the trunk. <laughs> they can try putting two or three feet as the trees get taller, put leaves and maybe even it'd be better if they used a chunk bark and piled it around the, the base of the tree so they had a volcano two feet tall, foot and a half to two feet tall. And if the main 
if the main tree dies, you still have trunk protected by that bark that it can relieve from. Oh. So that's another solution. Okay. You were, we were talking about as our top of the hour feature, uh, controlling bindweed. And our, one of our listeners wants to know what spreader sticker is. Spreader sticker is a product you can buy. It's relatively inexpensive, but you just mix it and it'll have the rates on the bottle that you mix it with, say, Roundup or your whatever else you're spraying. And it's mostly well, it's for herbicides, and it just helps the herbicides stick to the leaves better and spread out more evenly and penetrate better into the plant. All right. We need to take a break. When we come back, David and Dan, you are up next. Number to call, 801-575-8255. Text us, 57500. Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse. Join the Conservation Garden Park next Saturday, September 23rd, to learn the best types of perennial flowers and ornamental grasses for your yard. Register at conservationgardenpark.org. Learn how to divide and transplant plants in your landscape with Weber Basin Water on Saturday, September 23rd. Sign up at weberbasin.gov. Kick off fall with the USU Botanical Center. Bring the whole family for the annual Scarecrow Walk this weekend. Enjoy the change in colors at the Arboretum and the scarecrows hidden along the center's paths. Find out more at extension.usu.edu. Now a look at this week's quick tip. The most important time to fertilize your lawn is actually in September and again in late October. Grassroots will store the nutrients until spring And then those nutrients will be used to help the lawn break dormancy sooner and be more healthy the next year. People often wonder what fertilizer to use, and in the majority of cases, just straight nitrogen is fine. If you want to use a winterizer, that is okay too, but to know for sure, you need to get your soil tested. You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.